Welcome, everyone. I'm Kim Christensen, and this is the Peaceful Productivity Podcast, where I share strategies to help you get the most out of your time and feel better in the process. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Peaceful Productivity Podcast. Today, I'm super excited to share with you one of the most important tools that I've found to creating peaceful productivity, and that is creating boundaries. So let's start off with some definitions. What do we mean when we say boundaries? I like to think of boundaries as two parts. One is the limits that I decide for myself, and the other is the actions that I will take when those limits are crossed. Boundaries are the real or imaginary lines that we draw around our property or around our assets. Those assets include our body, our mind, our feelings, our possessions, and our time. Today I'm going to talk about boundaries with respect to our time and how we can use those boundaries to create more peaceful productivity. So what do boundaries have to do with peaceful productivity? Well, what I found was when I was really stressed out and eventually burned out and returning back to work after my burnout, it was boundaries, setting boundaries, communicating them, and then enforcing them. That was the key to helping me drop a lot of the stress. And it also helped me to understand what my own limits were and to not regularly exceed those limits. I now help my clients who are stressed out by overwhelm and too much to do to set boundaries. Setting those boundaries helps them to become more productive within the parameters that they set for themselves and also to drop the guilt and stress that can accompany a lack of boundaries. I have found that the clearer that I am around my boundaries with my time, the easier it is to make time management decisions. I have an understanding of my own limits, and I also have the ability and confidence to say no to new opportunities. I know now what's important to me with regards to how I spend my time, and I'm able to make those decisions accordingly. This results in more free time, absolutely, but it also results in more confidence in terms of what I'm doing. And it develops my ability to focus because I'm not feeling distracted all of the time about things that I could be doing and I'm not. So the value of setting boundaries is that it protects my time. It teaches me to respect my own time and the time of others as well. And so I'm optimizing the time that I have to achieve the best result. I think that setting boundaries is both a balance of responsibility and a source of empowerment. I think that creating boundaries around my time is not always something that's easy to do. I think there's lots of barriers that get in our way, but being able to confidently articulate my boundaries and follow through on them has helped to develop my self-esteem, my self-respect, and the relationship with myself. I said earlier in a previous podcast that self-care 
was really about tuning into my needs and responding to those. And so I think boundaries is the first step to understanding what it is that we need and planning appropriate responses in advance. So let's talk about some of the red flags that might indicate a boundary is required. What I've learned is that my emotions are my guidance system in this area. So feelings like frustration, resentment, willpower, fatigue, anger, shame, blame, all of those types of things are usually indicating that boundaries might need to be created or enforced. Don't brush those off or beat up on yourself for feeling that way. I know I've been prone to do that in the past. Instead, what I like to do now is ask myself, what is the message that these feelings are trying to communicate? What is it that I need to pay attention to right now? Knowing that a boundary is required is the first step. However, some of us may not know how to go about setting up a boundary. I know for myself that this wasn't a skill that I learned until later on in terms of identifying needs, setting boundaries and communicating them and enforcing them. I think the culture that I was raised in taught me to value the needs of others ahead of myself. It wasn't something that I became really good at until later on in life when it became more of a crisis situation. In addition to not really knowing how to create boundaries, I think there are also other barriers that might stand in our way. Some of those barriers might be things like knowing how to set boundaries, but not really doing anything about it. And what I found is that when there's a misalignment between knowing something and actually doing something, it usually comes from a place of fear or self-judgment. I know for me, there was a fear of facing some of these things. There was a denial that there was even an issue and I would push aside the, the red flag, so to speak, and keep going. There was also a fear of really digging deeper and finding out that there was something that I wasn't doing. And for a recovering perfectionist like myself, facing my own limitations was really a scary place for me. I now use different emotions to signal me to take a closer look at what's going on for me. So when I find myself in a place of blame or resistance, I like to use it as an invitation to look a little bit closer at what my role is in creating that emotion. Am I not creating a boundary? Am I not willing to look at the boundary that's required? Maybe I'm not willing to enforce a boundary because it's uncomfortable. All of those things I think are very normal, natural reactions in our human brain. We're very much designed to be part of the group and to fit in. We have a very healthy fear and respect for things like rejection, abandonment, and confrontation. And I think those things are very much reinforced through guilt. And so if you're experiencing any of that, I just want to assure you that that's very normal and healthy and that it is a very important part of our design in terms of survival. 
being part of the group and being afraid of discomfort and change, I think is what has really contributed to our success as a species. However, unchecked, it can hold us back from new opportunities and from evolving. I think for me, in addition to the fears that I might have had around setting boundaries, there was also this idea that I really enjoyed being busy, that I didn't really want to have time that was free time or relaxing time or unproductive time. Because for me, it felt really unsettling. I really liked the idea of being busy, of helping, of creating value. And so over time, being productive was a key driver for me, something that I valued very strongly. And I actually see that as being a good thing, except when I do it at my own expense. And this is where boundaries become very, very important for someone like me to recognize my own limitations and enforce those boundaries that I set for myself with myself. It's more about developing that relationship with myself and modeling those behaviors for others that actually teaches me and others how to respect my own time and my own limitations. So those are the reasons we might resist setting up boundaries, mostly because we either don't really know how to go about doing it or we're unwilling to do it because of fear. When faced with a choice between the comfort zone or the discomfort that comes with the growth and change, the discomfort zone, I'll call it, I think as humans, we're very much inclined to choose the discomfort of the comfort zone. At least that discomfort is known to us. And so I think it's very normal and natural to push the fear down, push it aside. And what I've experienced is that when I do that, it tends to show up again in a different way. So knowing this about myself and knowing that the fear will come up, emerge in different ways throughout my life, Knowing all of that helps me to be willing to look at it all more objectively. Depersonalizing the fear and recognizing that it's a very human normal reaction helps me to be more willing to look at it. And the other thing that helps is to cultivate the belief that I am safe, that I've got my own back. I like to think about how I'm always here to catch myself when I fall. So that helps me to turn towards the uncomfortable discomfort zone and take a step out of the comfort zone. And when I'm intentional, I can find lots of evidence from my past to demonstrate to myself that this is true. When I actively look for evidence to support this new emerging belief, I'm always going to find it. So something that you could ask yourself is, how do I have my own back? And where is the evidence from my past that supports this emerging belief that I do have my own back. So we're going to turn now to some of those skills that I mentioned in terms of creating boundaries. I'll go over four of them today. The first one is just to determine what your limits are. The second one is to determine what the actions that you're going to take when those limits get crossed. The third is communicating those limits and actions. And the fourth is following through. And 
developing that self-respect muscle. I'll also offer some reference material at the end of the podcast in case you're interested in reading more on this subject. The first one is determining limits. I usually start by having my clients articulate what they want and finding ways to give that to themselves. It's a beautiful place of empowerment when we realize that we don't have to wait for others to help us fill our needs. We have a great deal of control in terms of choosing what we want for ourselves and giving that to ourselves, as well as in creating our experience of time. I think that time is definitely our asset, but more importantly, when I think about time, I think about our experience of time as being an asset, the choice to experience our lives, our time is really the most important asset that we have. The other day I drove by a new home under construction and I couldn't help thinking about the people that were working on this home and what their experience might be like. For some, I imagine that they were getting a great deal of satisfaction from helping to create something so beautiful and so useful. For others, I imagine that they were there just biding their time, putting in the time, waiting for their paycheck. And for still others, I was imagining that they were hating the experience because they felt like they were forced to be there, trading their time for money and feeling like they had no other option. The interesting thing about that situation is that all three of them were doing the same thing, making the same amount of money, and yet each one was experiencing their time in building that house entirely differently. And for me, that's what setting boundaries around my time is really about. It's about protecting my experience of my time. When I start to feel like I'm not controlling my schedule, that I'm at the whim of demands of myself and colleagues, then I start to feel out of control and I forget that I have the opportunity to choose especially when I have reached a certain level of income in my career. I start to believe that my only choice is to keep going or sacrifice everything that I've built. But what I've learned is that you don't have to change jobs to change your experience. Even within your current job, you still have a great deal of autonomy and choice about the activities that you're doing within that job. And even when you don't have as much autonomy over the activities, you still have the ability to choose your perspective. And your perspective is really what's going to determine your experience. Just like my previous example with the home construction, those three people were doing the exact same activities, but their experience of that time and those activities was completely within their own control depending on their perspective. So when we talk about boundaries and determining our limits, It's really important to ask ourselves what it is that we want, and then that will highlight for us what we don't want and what we aren't prepared to do. This then becomes our guidelines in terms of our limits, and it's the starting place by which we can set boundaries. I sometimes get asked, well, what what do I do if I don't know what I want? I think this is a really important and valid question. Because when we're raised in a culture that provides us with a roadmap of what we're supposed to do, of what we should be doing, 
in order to achieve success and happiness. We follow that roadmap somewhat blindly sometimes, and we take all of the steps that we think we're supposed to be taking, yet it doesn't yield the result that we were looking for. And we can come to a certain place in our lives where we're left feeling unfulfilled and wondering if there's something wrong with us because we're not getting the sense of satisfaction from the roadmap that was prescribed for us. And so we arrive at that place and we feel like we no longer know what it is that we even want. We've lost touch with that. The other problem that sometimes arises in this situation is that maybe I know what I want, but I'm secretly judging it to be unreasonable or frivolous or self-indulgent, impossible even, or just stupid. So I've got a lot of judgment around what it is that I secretly desire, and I'm not feeling comfortable articulating that to anyone or even myself. Something that helps me when I find myself in that position is I ask myself, how is it that I want to be spending my time rather than getting too caught up in goals and visions of the future that can seem really big and overwhelming? How do I want to spend my time tomorrow? How did I spend my time yesterday? Where do I want to be changing how I'm spending my time on a very minute level on a day-to-day basis rather than trying to invest in this massive giant vision for my life? And what I find is when I bring it down to the micro, I find a lot of opportunity to change what I'm doing on the day-to-day, the hour-to-hour that can help me to increase the enjoyment of what I'm currently doing without having to create a brand new life, a brand new career, any of that. A great place to start is just by thinking about those activities that you just enjoy doing naturally, whether it's connection time, creating something new, building something, relaxing, any of those types of activities that you naturally find yourself really enjoying. I think those are the places to start in terms of determining what it is that you want and how you want to be spending your time. If you're looking for any help with this, please check out my website, financialwellnesscoach.ca. Under the coaching tab, you'll find more information about private coaching. And this is one of the pillars that we spend some time on in that private coaching program. Determining what it is that you want, feeling really good about it, and creating an action plan that will help you to create it for yourself. Once you've determined what the limits are, what it is that you want and what it is that you want to create, the next step is determining the action around what it is that you will do when one of those limits gets crossed, whether it's you crossing one of those limits or someone else crossing a limit. I think this is the key to successful boundary creation in that we know that we can't necessarily control the actions of those around us. But what we can do is we can control the actions that we are taking. So when we recognize that a limit exists and has been crossed, we always have the opportunity to take an action, whether it's to remove ourselves from the situation or to create more favorable conditions for ourselves we always have that opportunity available to us. I'm going to walk through an example from my own experience 
of when I set up a boundary for myself and how I went about enforcing it. So when I returned to work after experiencing that burnout, I set a boundary for myself that I was going to leave work every day at a predetermined time without exception. And that time was 4 p.m. in the afternoon. So what I did is I decided that I was going to treat that time frame like a non-negotiable appointment to pick up my kids or an appointment with the CEO or some other non-negotiable appointment. And while there was flexibility there, it was also in my own mind, non-negotiable at that point in time. So there was no opportunity for me to talk myself into staying beyond the 4 p.m. timeline. The flexibility that I'm talking about is I did give myself the flexibility to change that timeline in advance. And when I was making the decision from a place of caring, caring for myself and caring for others, when I was making the decision from a place of fear, fear of letting someone down, fear of not getting things accomplished, any type of fear really, that was a flag for me that I was compromising my boundaries. I was crossing my own limits and I was telling myself it was in the name of flexibility. When I'm operating from a true place of flexibility, then it's coming from an entirely different energy. So in this example, I set the expectation with myself and I also communicated it to my boss and to my team so that they could use that information to plan their own priorities in advance. It set the tone for myself and for others. And the more I was able to enforce that boundary, the more I taught myself and others around me how to respect my own time. I found that this self-respect is like a muscle that can get built by reinforcing my commitments to myself through my own actions. And I also didn't beat myself up when I stumbled, when I misstepped, when I found myself working beyond my predetermined time frame. I didn't beat myself up for that. Coming from a place of self-compassion always, I think actually it can be more instructive and more important in terms of boundary setting than actually setting the boundary and enforcing it consistently. I think teaching yourself how to recover when you stumble can be a way more valuable lesson and can help to build that recovery muscle so that your confidence grows over time and you're more willing to set boundaries. It becomes a beautiful self-perpetuating cycle. So we've talked about setting the limits articulating them for yourself, as well as the actions that will ensue when a limit is crossed. We've also talked about communicating those limits and following through. The last thing I'd like to offer is a note about follow through. What I found is that with a habit of not setting boundaries or not enforcing them, I was teaching people that my boundaries weren't important, that my time wasn't important. And so when I started doing this more intentionally and following through, there were many people that resisted that initially. 
And so I think there was a bit of an adoption period for myself as well as for others. This is normal. I think it's healthy. I think that when we are getting used to a new way of doing things, it takes time and it takes self-compassion. Something that helps me is to always think about these types of things as an experiment, something that I'm trying and that I have the opportunity to tweak and change as I go. The other thing that can really help when you're creating and enforcing boundaries is to develop a network of people who respect your right to set boundaries. As you're building this network, it will become much easier to spot those who are able to adapt and support you and those who are not. Having compassion for others and their ability to change and embrace change will become easier as you cultivate the muscle of having compassion for yourself. In summary, the theme that's starting to emerge from these podcast episodes is the idea of using emotions as your guidance system. I like to think about feelings as an invitation, an invitation to tune in and understand what is the message that is being communicated by this emotion. Understanding that something like fear is coming from a protective place can help us to turn towards it with curiosity and compassion rather than using it as an excuse to block any further action. There are a great deal of amazing resources on this topic. I want to offer three that have really helped me and I've drawn from over the years. The first one is a book called Shame by Dr. Joseph Burgo. The second one is a book called Where You End and I Begin by Anne Catherine. And the third is titled The Courage to Be Yourself by Sue Patton Foley. Great books, great resources. And if you have any questions about any of this, please don't hesitate to let me know. One of the pillars of my one-on-one coaching program, as I mentioned, is helping you to set boundaries around your time. So if you would like more information about this, please check out my website, financialwellnesscoach.ca. Thanks everyone and have a great day. Would you like to implement these strategies into your own life to save more time without the stress? If so, join us in the Peaceful Productivity Membership, where you'll find all of the materials and support you need to make the conceptual practical. You can find all the sign-up information on my website at financialwellnesscoach.ca. Join us today and make your strategy your reality.